here's the situation. You arrive at law school. You're told, look to the left of you. Look to the right of you. One person will be gone by the end of the semester. Now that is a famous quote used in movies, used in television, uh, stereotype about law school. What I'm going to do when we come back to this one at the end, TJ, is give you a series of other intimidating, potentially intimidating situations where I want you to come up with uh, a few first lines, a few, uh, a little speech that you would give to all of the people in that circumstance. <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> I read that book, The Paper Chase, that I think I think that was that was uh, associated with. But I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. This week's theme is memory glance, as opposed to memory glands, I believe. Well, I know, because that's... You just said that in a way that would suggest <laughs> that it was, my, it was my idea. It was not. It was your idea. You know that it's memory glands. I backed off of it really fast. I, I said I know. I know, but you, for a moment there... <laughs> It it seemed like I had come up with that one. <laughs> All right, well, let's get right into it. Let's. Uh, it's memory glance, but um, as as we usually do, we uh, ignore the pun and go sometimes thematically right at right at the original. So, uh, memory glands put me in mind of of mamas and babies. So here's the situation, Rush. You have to assume the time, responsibility, and cost of raising one animal from birth to the end of their life or yours. What kind of animal do you choose? Ah, okay. See, this is a tough one. I, I, I imagine. Tell me why. Because there was some thoughts that I, I had on it. Because I can either give you the real answer or I can say like, well, no, let's think about it. Because the real answer would be like a mayfly. Okay, right? yep. Things going to live four or five hours uh, and I can just move on with my life, which I'm fine with as it exists right now. All right. Um, if, if I, if it's like, if there were some other parameters on it and I had to really kind of like take it seriously, you know, um, I would be, there are a lot of animals that I would like to, to, to have, I mean, I would like to have a child, but, uh, I, I think I'm very poorly situated to, to, uh, take care of a child right now. And, um, and, and the same is true. Like I would love to have a dog. As you know, I like, uh, Corgis. Yeah. I have like an embarrassing like uh, like for corgis. They just make me laugh. <laughs> Nothing like, to be I, embarrassed about of that, man. I watch. I'm, so I somebody I think it was Ava Chansky listened to one of our podcasts, like an early podcast, and then and then put me onto a thing where I'm now on this like Facebook group. <laughs> I'm not like a big fan of Facebook, to be honest. But but I'm in a Facebook group that's like it's called disapproving corgis. And it's just people post pictures of their corgis. And at first I was like, well, I, this is absurd. I'm not going to enjoy this. And now it's like, uh, I mean, it's basically the only thing I like on Facebook. is like I go in there and there'll be like five corgi photos. And, you know, and most of them I don't care. But some of them are like pretty damn funny. And those things, they just make me laugh. I mean, they're, they're weirdly shaped. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to care. I mean, it's just there's just something about them. Uh, and so I would love to have one. And I would like to call him Bob Barker. That's the name I would like to give him. And then, you know, I would love it if you could, like, take people's coats and stuff when they got to my house. <laughs> and uh, and like, maybe he wears, like, a little butler outfit from time to time. I don't know. But I would enjoy having, like, a corgi. The other dog I would like to have is I would like to have a border collie. Ah. I'd like to teach the border collie to, like, engage in those kind of, like, amazing dog-type uh, events and contests and everything. Um, but I, I don't even have time, unfortunately, uh, for a corgi because, like, I, would, I travel too much, not anymore. We're, we're taping this uh, in the middle of COVID still. Um, uh, and probably we'll be in COVID. Let, let's hope we're in the middle. Let's hope we're at least in the middle. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this one will come out. We'll probably still be in it. But uh, in any case, like before that, I traveled too much. And I just don't want the, the, the hassle of like, I got I to gotta have somebody come to my house and walk the dog or I got to drop it off in daycare. And with my job, um, I'd say at least five times a year, I will be sitting somewhere on Tuesday and then I'll be in a different state on Wednesday. And I did not know on Tuesday that I might be in that different state on Wednesday. Right. So I have a it's fairly difficult for me to plan uh, all sorts of stuff out ahead of time. 
And so while I'm single, it's hard for me to have a dog. There have been times where I'm like, I ought to get like a girlfriend just so I can have a dog. But uh, I would like to I would like to have one. I certainly don't have time for the Border Collie, which nothing against Corgis, but the Border Collies can be more demanding on your time. Incredibly smart animal. Uh, very. Then everybody says like, you know, it's, it's obviously it's not like having a kid, but it's like uh, a step in that direction. You've got to have a much- ton to do and activity up the wazoo. And certainly right now of the three determining factors of time, responsibility and cost, time would be the greatest determining factor for you. Correct. I mean, I think time and responsibility are kind of, they overlap in that regard because, um, what I would not like about it is I don't think, I don't think it would be fair to the animal for them to like, I would basically kind of half be it's like companion, right? Like I would be gone so often that, you know, the dog walker, whoever would be, or the daycare, you know, whatever I'm sure it would just be, I, I think, uh, dislocating a little bit for, for the, uh, for the pup for yeah. that to be true, but I don't know, but yeah, certainly, uh, time, um, would be, would be the biggest issue there. Uh, there are other animals. I've always been like interested in owning like an exotic, uh, animal, like a koala bear or, or a little monkey, like a gibbon or something. Um, <laughs> and again, I just, that's just totally impractical. Um, but you know, it, I guess I would say like if, if, if right now as a single person, it would be, if I had a different job and I had like a more, uh, regimented nine to five type, don't have to be nine to five. I just, if I had a more, uh, concrete schedule, you know, here's how it's always going to be traveled a lot less. I would get a dog. I'd probably get a Corgi. Uh, I'd probably call him Bob Barker. All right. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like boy dogs. So I might get a, uh, I might get a girl dog and then and I don't know what I would name her. Name her Bob. She, she's not going to care. Um, I, I didn't know if like responsibility wise or time wise too, is like, once this becomes an actuality, is it like, well, I'll just get a turtle because I can, you know, like keep it in a box and feel like I'm doing okay by it. Or because, you know, I'd love to I'd love to be around a baby elephant. I, I can't take the responsibility of, you know, of properly caring for. But I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if someday, you uh, you know, uh, when you know me down down the road, if Beth and I don't have chickens and a cow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's a good thing for you. I wouldn't be surprised if you do it. I think it would work. I mean, you got to live in a different location. Yeah. Uh, I think that I, I, there are a bunch of animals that I would like. And again, I just think I would be, I, I would never be willing to do it because they wouldn't have other animals around. They wouldn't like it. I don't think. I love those little like red pandas mm-hmm. that they have in uh, the San Diego Zoo. I think those things are awesome. I, I hear they're kind of like uh, difficult, but I, it doesn't seem that way to me. They seem very. Uh, very likable. Uh, you know, a panda bear. Speaking uh-huh. of pandas, it would be awesome to own a panda bear. Spectacled uh, bear. One of those little sun bears. There's, yeah, there's a lot uh, of my, my, uh, my mom's sisters had horses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they love that. And that was a big, my mom was a good, uh, good horseback rider. Did like equestrian stuff when she was uh, little. They, they never owned any horses, uh, but they would, uh, maybe they did. But I, th- I think mostly it would be like somebody else would own the horse, but then they would let the, you know, my, my, uh, mom and her sisters ride the horses. Um, and yeah, but I mean, look, I just, I love dogs. Yeah, I think the dogs won my bracket. They beat Italian food. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, that, that, that's, that's what I think I would do, uh, in terms of like pseudo realistic things. And again, you know, taking kind of human baby out, out of the equation. Well, good, man. Nice. I got gotcha. you. I think I think it's gonna happen for you. I think you're gonna end up with a little corgi named Bob. Yeah, I think so. Probably at some point. Uh, I kind of I, I kind of want my parents. I kind of I'm sure they don't want to. They 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 love dogs. I mean, you know, they lose their mind. They they're always like, oh, we don't want a dog, and then they get one. And it's <laughs> far you know far more most important part of their life by far. Um, and it's been a little while since they they had two sisters, Lady and Angel. These uh, little shelties. Uh, they always get chelties is what they like. But uh, I wonder if maybe they'll get another dog at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, TJ, I'm going to go right to a reader. Reader. I never get it right. Uh, uh, right to a listener 
submitted uh, one right off the top because uh, I think we we should address the the elephant in the room, keeping on your uh, on your theme of uh, raising a baby elephant, and that is uh, this is another one from Stephen Burke. Hey, Stevie! I think we can't you know kind of never talk at all about this. It's a coronavirus uh, related. Here's the situation, and since we are truly living in a here's the situation right now in many regards, yes. Um, uh, here's what here's what he put together, and it seemed you know uh, like a pretty down the middle and pretty pretty good one uh, to talk about. I'll try and put a good swing on it. So he's saying, hey, I, you may be getting a lot of these, and in fact, it kind of have been. A lot of people have been like, what are you going to do about coronavirus? Um, and this one seemed pretty good. So he said, here's the situation: you find out you're going to be quarantined for two months. You can have any food delivered. Toilet paper is not a problem. You're given an opportunity to have any one person stay with you for that two months. Um, you can have uh, anything, though. Like it can't doesn't have to just be one person. It could be like groups. It could be like you know you can have chefs. You can have workout instructors. He says you could have a cartoon character. You know <laughs> anything you want. So it, it kind of goes as broad as you like. Uh, but you have to have them around you twenty four seven for the next two months as we do here in this quarantine. So we're going to take Beth out of the equation We're we're going to live in an alternate universe where instead of your quarantine with Beth and Josie, you're quarantined with uh, other things that you choose. Um, and he wants to know, you're not allowed to leave your house, obviously, blah, blah, blah. Uh, who, who you got? All right. What you What's your ideal? I'm, I'm quarantined with TJ lineup. Okay. There's, um, this is actually not a very tough question for me to to answer. Uh, if if Beth is ruled out, who would certainly be my first pick, and is actually never mind my first pick. It's my reality. Um, that's that's how that's how we're living. Um, there's there's a few people. A, uh, a while ago, I asked you a question like whether it took um, conflict in a friendship to actually provide depth to that friendship or. Or if, uh, you know, if, if you could have a deep and meaningful relationship without conflict. Most of my very best friends, I have never had any appreciable conflict with. You know, okay. we've never been in a big ass fight or anything like that. So um, a lot of the people I'm closest with to this uh, to this day, I would happily have uh, happily be locked down with. Um, you know, a few of them, David Pasquese, I would, I would do Pat O'Brien. I think we would laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, Peter Gross, I would get locked up with no problem. My friend, Billy Bungaroth. Um, so just as a few people, my, my brother, I would happily, happily get shut in with those people would come to come to mind, um, immediately. Also, if I could have other things like cartoon characters or 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 what have you give me a baby animal to be locked up with give me um and i'm assuming i could still go in my backyard or whatever or or if if it was something i i could still because we are allowed even in lockdown to just go on a walk around the block or to exercise or what have you you cannot leave the house okay i guess guess we'll we'll Give credence to that, and you're truly stuck in your house. Chinese quarantine stuff. Give me, give me any kind of baby animal that doesn't uh, that doesn't bite or breathe fire. And so, let me ask you know some follow ups there. Uh, what you know, you're, you're saying all of those people you'd be totally fine being locked down with for two months. Yep. Uh, what what's the ideal number? Like, like what would you what would you like? Do you, do you want it to just be one? Do you want it to be two, six? What's the oh uh, ideal is two to four? Um, no no more than no more than no more than four. Um, I'm thinking three might be just perfect. Um, we have a couple of bedrooms here, and I'm just thinking space wise, people could still have an area just to them, just to themselves. I don't think we'd be we'd be all over each other, but any combination of Pat O'Brien. Oh, also my friend Sean Kane. My my, I I wrote him down and then uh, didn't say it. Um, my buddy Sean Kane, who I've been best friends with since since high school. Um, any of these people in combination, O'Brien, Pasquese, Gross, um, any uh, two of those guys, I think we'd bounce off of each other 
wonderfully with a couple of them like Dave and Pat and and Peter even if we decided to try and like write something or make something we could do that but also we would just have good conversations and spend a lot of time a lot of time laughing and you know and 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 stuff like that and they're just easy people they're easy good people um to to be around nice yeah that's a good answer I I, you know I do find myself like I own all these damn board games CJ and like (laughs) I luckily I have some like one player games I'm playing, you know, I mean, I've actually been working a lot the last week or so, but, but, uh, I've been, uh, playing some one player board games, playing some video games, playing, you know, you get to talk to some of your friends while you do, do, uh, the online stuff and, uh, doing a lot of the zoom meetings and things like that. What's but, a one player board game? Uh, well, the one I, the last few I've played, um, so there, there are a lot of games. It's kind of a more recent trend where they have a one-player option, right? Okay. So it's a, a game for one to five, but the one player is pretty good. So the ones I've played during the quarantine so far are three, and I've played them each at least three times. Uh, I played Robinson Crusoe. Okay. Uh, Adventures on the Cursed Island, which is the best of them. It's very difficult. It's a... It, it's the first game I played. I had the rule book in my lap the entire time and was consulting <laughs> it on almost every move. And then by the, I played probably five games of it by the end. Um, I had really gotten the hang of it and it's not really all that complicated once you kind of understand the movements, but it, it, it for a one player game, it was, it's really well done because it doesn't just feel like kind of a, a uh, you know, a solitaire version of the other game. It, it it feels it, it almost kind of works with the theme, right? Cause the theme of Robinson Crusoe is you're stuck on this deserted Island and you're trying to get off. And uh, the theme of the game is just really well integrated. And so it didn't feel like a, a, a great three player game that is passable with one. It felt like, no, this is like, this is a great experience as a one player game. So Very really cool. high marks for that one. Very cool. Uh, played a game called wingspan, which is a relatively new release that got a ton of press um and i think you might like it if 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 it, uh, i i wanted to get you a copy of it to be uh, to be honest and it was uh uh quickly sold out because it's only recently been released um but it's you know because you love animals so much it's uh you collect birds and then you put yeah. birds into these habitats you don't collect them you're like trying to entice them to come to your habitat and as they do you get points for which birds you you bring in and do they lay eggs and by having the eggs, it has to do other stuff. Now, Wingspan is much more like a, a lot of other games that I've played where um, the theme, although the, the board and everything's very pretty, it's really tacked on, you know, like it doesn't matter so much that these are birds and you're getting birds and they're laying eggs. Like what it matters is that there's an economic engine that you're developing that's going to make your, uh, your later moves, like you're going to have a lot more options and so forth. Um, liked Wingspan, the, the best thing about it is it's relatively easy to play for these type of games. And it's very beautiful. Like the board and everything I could see, like my mom really enjoying it, that sort of thing. Um, not like a home run for me. And I think I would probably not going to play a lot more single player version of it, but I would, I would certainly bring it back out. And and I enjoyed playing it single player. It just, you know, it took 35 minutes to set the game up. So I'm not sure. Oh, wow. You've ve- I played, no, I've played four architects of the uh, Western kingdom, which was down the middle and, and good. And I would recommend it. Uh, to people, uh, and then Viticulture, which was all these games are like the Euro games get a little repetitive. I mean, they're all, all those games are good. If you only own one of them, uh, you'd be like, This is a great game. But when you play those three Wingspan Architects of the Western Kingdom and, and Viticulture in a row, you're like, eh, They're not really doing anything totally crazy or different or new. Sorry for the random mm-hmm. rant on board games, but uh-huh. if anybody wants, I mean, certainly. Uh, I would recommend any of those for single player, but I have like three or four more that are sitting waiting to go. You know, I, I haven't been watching TV. I don't know why. I just don't watch it. So I've been playing board games <laughs> tonight by myself. You incredibly sweetly, and I, I think our audience might appreciate this, mailed Beth and I two board games. I It feels like curated for exactly like, our level and and like kind of time and uh it just it, it felt very picked for us uh good two-player games i think they each take about a half an hour 
We're going to yeah. crack one of them was called Splendor. We're going to crack that one tonight. Um, yeah. But yeah, if hey, people should just write to you for recommendations because this is kind of you've been kind of doing this for a little bit as, as far as catalog and like games for four games for two. Uh, what's your you know how big how big of a meal do you want with with this with this thing you want a six hours and you know up yeah. to your armpits or you know something you can dip into and but that was awful awful nice of you yeah yeah well you're welcome but uh this, again sorry for the long rant on that but that's uh <laughs> that, two people will get will get some benefit out of that <laughs> well uh rush we'll hop back into it here's the situation um, we did something like this once, and and I'm always interested in um, given given a word that has a lot of choices. Why one in particular is the one that pops into your into your head? So I'm going to give you a category or a couple of keywords, and I would like you to try to. Um, have no filter. This might not be your favorite thing that falls into this category or, you know, or the most important in your life, but just see if you can unfilteredly see like the first thing that pops out of your memory for, for what, for whatever reason, when you hear these words. Okay. And maybe we'll talk about them if, if they interest us. Cool. Here we go. Words on a t-shirt. Uh, who farted? That shirt, I always just remember it. You know, I like make fun of that shirt all the time. Um, if I were to say a big monster, uh, I, I'm gonna I, the Loch Ness monster, and then I'm thinking about my. Uh, I think we've talked about it. My debate with Greg Euler and Jim Carlson about whether there are indeed uh, sea monsters larger than a giant kraken. If I if I say you at a specific age, what age pops into your mind? Uh, the one that did was 17, but I think if you ask me again, uh, you know, we, when we did this before, I, I didn't listen to our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 10 weeks later yep. or whatever, when it came out. And, um, and, and it was funny because you gave me all these like word associations and it would be like, you know, champion. And I would say Federer, which is an obvious one, but, uh, I, I said the same answer on like nine of the 10 that you gave. Really? You're like name an animal, and I was like, whatever I said, you know, and I and I, I think I, you even said like I don't know why I'm saying that or why I'm thinking that. But I had like the same reaction. I mean, you know, <laughs> so there's something there. But I do think when I listen to this one, I won't have the same answer of 17. But that's the one that pops in my head. All right. Well, who knows? Who knows what happened today, yesterday, or whatever to to have, have forced uh, forced that card out of the deck? Um, okay. If I were to say a bumper sticker. Uh uh, I, I'm saying about the Forrest Gump. What was it? Shit happens. Was that the one that they? <laughs> a Gump happens. Is that or what was it? Did they shit replace? Happens. Okay, great. <laughs> Who farted and shit happens? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's where my mind is. If I, I say in an old movie, Casablanca. I think that was what the what hit my head too. Maybe that's just everybody's. Uh, Street Love is the next one that I think of. Then I'm going to think of like Hitchcock, then Rebecca, like uh, bringing a baby. All those quickly coalescing <laughs> into my head. <laughs> Casablanca elbowing the others out of the way to get out there first. How about a dic- a dictionary word? Thesaurus. Okay. Um, an attractive physical feature. And a little monster. <laughs> uh, Gremlin. Gremlin. All right. And do um so seventeen? You said was you because do you say if I asked you that again, you don't know if that would pop in because you don't feel like anything necessarily big or important or memorable or any attachment uh, exists with seventeen. Because you asked me one time, how old do you think of yourself as? I wouldn't say 17. If you said, what was the best year of your life? I would never say my year I was 17. If you said, what was the most important five years of your life? I'm not sure that my year I was 17. Uh, It's just not a, I don't know. I kind of like the number. I mean, I love the number seven, like a lot of people do. So maybe that got me there. But uh, I don't know why I thought of that. 
to me, I was surprised that, that that's what I said. Are any of these who farted Loch Ness Monster 17 Shit Happens Casablanca Thesaurus Breast or Gremlin? If I was to say favorite before any of these, would any of those be your your favorite? Uh, I, I probably liked the Loch Ness Monster the most of like all of the old like uh, monster discussions. And, and I, I did like a book report, you know, like, uh-huh. can you remember, by the way, like speaking of memory, did, do, do you recall like specific book reports and stuff you did here, in like third and fifth grade? Because most people seem to. Here and there. I, I still have. I think it's where my fondness for the state of Louisiana comes from is every everyone in class was assigned a state that they had to do a report on. And I ended up in Louisiana, like knew nothing about it, never been there, you know, like, um, but I think to this day, I have a fondness for, for that state be, because of that. I think it's what made me want to go to New Orleans at some point. And, um, I like the, the, I think I developed uh, an appreciation for it that strengthened over time by learning more about it. I specifically remember having to do, uh, you got it randomly assigned to country and I got Ghana mm-hmm. and I still I, I feel like I have a connection to Ghana. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like Sam Richardson has like relatives there, and he's right. like, "Yeah." You know, uh, so my family still like lives there, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I did." And I like stopped myself. I was like, "Rush, you wrote a book report on it." <laughs> I think Sam's royalty there. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, true. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, but I did write a book report. <laughs> you know, a tough one to weigh about who's got more sway with 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 Ghana. I, uh, I wrote a book report on Gibbons, which just made me just say I want a, bit, a little monkey uh-huh. not 10 minutes ago. So I wrote on the Titanic. I feel a connection to that. I don't know why, but like memory sticks with those little reports that you do as, as kids. Um, and so I did one of the Loch Ness Monster. So. I, I wonder how long, and I, I don't know if I, because you have a good memory, how long I'd have to wait to ask you these same questions before you were not um, partially in reaction to the previous answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, like to, to get an actual no, second, like blank slate answer for, for these same ones. Yeah. Good question. Not, not sure. I played a video game a little while ago that I had played about two years before and, uh, couldn't, you know, I was like, Hey, maybe it's time. Maybe I could have fun playing Zelda again. on remember. the planes. And, eh, yeah. yeah. I remember it too well. So, uh, but I don't know on this thing. Yeah. A good question. Uh, All right. uh, Moving to the next one. All right, buddy. Okay. Um, TJ, uh, here's the situation. Yeah. Uh, Someone brings a briefcase to you with five distinctive smells. Ooh. And I want you to give me the first memory that leaps to mind. And of course, this comes from the memory mm-hmm. and, and the suggestion, which you and I both disagree with. Yep. That smell is the sense most tied to memory. That's what they say. Yep. Now, I, I just don't think that's right. I know it's not right for me, but I don't think I have a great sense of smell, to be honest. Uh, and, but I, I'm, I'm curious because these are five, and I, went, and I went on the internet and looked and said, you know, what are some of the most distinctive smells? And these were ones that popped up on multiple lists. Peanut butter and coffee and those those kind of dealios? Yep. Okay. All right. Ready, buddy. All right. So why don't we give you one that you already said? Open jar of peanut butter. Um, not too much. I didn't um my I grew up with family allergies and I think uh like to shell uh I still don't eat shelled peanuts. I, I think I can eat the peanut meat is what I've figured and maybe not the skin that comes on them so i pretty much avoided peanut and peanut butter um, peanuts and peanut butter when i was growing up for the most part but um there's there's a, a very distinct memories i have of this little pantry we had um we had a door down to the cellar and then just past that was the pantry where where all of our like you know the cereal and all that kind of stuff was kept and within that room were like we would, we would, my brothers and I would like sneak chocolate chips and stuff. And so like if mom had baked, but hadn't used them all, that's when we could get the chocolate chips. Cause the bag was already opened and you could, you know, get five or six out of there. We, we would never like open the bag. Cause then 
you know, Beach also, yeah. yeah, it was also my first experience with Baker's chocolate, which was bullshit, you know, yeah. just like bittersweet, awful. Um, cool. yeah. So there oh, was, oh, got tricked by that. <laughs> In that room was a, um, was a can of Jif, I believe it was, it was, I think we alternated between Jif and Skippy because we didn't use it that much so there was no brand loyalty also in there usually was um uh, a can of like fluff um uh, a jar of fluff but that that's where that's where it takes me to that little pantry all right so and, and ultimately that's not so much a smell related memory right no not really no uh vicks vapo rub god my poor brother um, yeah, we, my little brother had all sorts of breathing problems from allergies and, and one of us always had like whooping cough or bronchitis or strep or, or something. My brother Todd had to have Vicks rubbed on his chest all the time. And and I think I've told you before, I'm near, near phobic to like lotions and salves. And one of the most awful one would be like Vaseline and Vicks was just like, really smelly Vaseline. So that is a, a very distinct smell memory of um, my, all three of us shared a bedroom for a while, but before Troy was born, Todd and I uh, shared a bedroom and being able to smell Todd and hearing his, his kind of tough breathing and stuff that, that, that does have a very distinct one. Yeah. Uh, how about like uh, Johnson and Johnson baby powder? Hmm. That brand, I guess. I, First thing that popped in my head was like a day after we we all sort of all three of us boys alternated kind of from being chunky to being slim, depending on the type, the time of year. And the first thing that came into my head that I can remember was having to have like um, baby powder put in between my thighs after a day on the beach where you're just like body surfing and, and like riding waves all day and then digging around and just grinding our little like little boy thighs together you know like <laughs> raw so we had to have like baby powder put in between our you know our thighs yeah <laughs> i do have a memory of uh not baby powder but i guess it was like baking soda or something where that that smell whatever it was just this like calamine type lotion type thing with this baking soda where uh we we got we got the chicken pox, and me and my brother got stuck in. You know, we got put in my dad's bed, big bed upstairs, and had to just like wait it out. You know, for about two days up there, it stunk. And that smell, I do, I do remember that one. That's your first experience with quarantine. Yeah, that's right. It was no good. Um, all right, how about uh, cigarette butts? Cigarette butts, yeah, my. Uh... My grandfather, I think all this is enough in the rearview mirror now. Um, my grandfather used to run a card game at his uh, his used car lot on uh, on Tuesday nights, and uh, that that room where the table was would smell horrifically. Dudes would play, I you know, I think for a day or two, kind of nonstop around the clock. And, uh, all of them smoked. Uh, it was, it was dudes old enough to like still smoke like non filters and Pall Malls and Chesterfields, like lucky strikes types of cigarettes that, you know, like you thought were done like with a war, you, you know, like, um, so, uh, th- that, that's what, that's where, that's where it takes me to Leo's, Leo's, uh, Leo's auto sales used car lot. Nice. And then last, uh, dry cat food. Zero. I got nothing. I'm right. not even sure I know what it smells like. There you go. It's, since it's not most tied to smell, <laughs> or smell not most tied to memory. Uh, anyway, good, good. I appreciate that. Thank you. That was uh, that was fun. That was uh, a little walk down, a little walk down mostly pleasant lane. Um, so I have one more on memory. So I'll give you the other one on glance. Um, glance made me think of a of a glancing blow. So uh, and I think of this situation sometimes in my head. I've never been in it. Um, and I wonder how, how I would do. So here's the situation. You're in a bar rush and some guy who is close to exactly your size says, why don't we step outside? He has sufficiently angered you to the point where you are ready to fight him. Describe for me basically how you are going to go about physically fighting. Like, i.e., are you going to get in like a 
boxer stance? Do you think it's going to be like a tackle, a, a grapple? Are you going to try and cheap shot the guy or, or, you know, like basically how do you think you would be in a fight? And if you ever have been in one, you can describe that. I have not. So I wonder somehow how I would initially go about the whole damn thing. Yeah. I haven't been in a fight since I was very young, like an actual like fist fight. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go for the cheap shot. Uh, I don't, you know, I mean, if I'm if I'm like to the point where it's time to go out and like have a fight, which I, I it's going to be hard to imagine the scenario where I'm like, you. you know what, the best way to resolve this is like this: have a fist fight with this person who's <laughs> roughly equivalent to my build. Um, but I, I'm sure as hell going to avoid like any sort of boxing stuff because I don't know the first thing about it, and if it's just about like trying to throw punches to people's faces, I, I feel that. Uh, against the average person of my size, I will be at a disadvantage. Um, I think I'm probably going to try to like get the person down on the ground and then try to gain, you know, some sort of leverage and then just kind of beat them into submission. So, uh, and I think, again, I don't have like a ton of experience there. At least I did like a little bit of wrestling and stuff, you know, and uh, just, first of all, just like roughhousing growing up, but then doing, uh, a little bit of wrestling and like PE and then I had some friends that were wrestlers and I was always kind of like, eh, I think I could have been okay at that. Uh, because a lot of it, you know, a big part of wrestling is, um, you know, kind of aerobic and anaerobic capacity because you are in a basically all out effort for three straight minutes for each little round of wrestling. Or I can't remember if it's five minutes for high school. I think it's three might even be two, but, but in any case, it, it is a full on effort. Right. And, and I had tremendous lung capacity as a younger kid because of all the running. Um, so, so just based on that, I think maybe I would be slightly better at that again, though, if you're down on the ground, like, you know, dirty stuff's going to happen. Right. I always worry about like with a fight, although it seems maybe not something you should worry about because it doesn't really seem to happen that often, but like, just like the gross stuff, like the eye gouging or like taking a, a bottle and cutting somebody up or, uh-huh. you know, whatever. Like, so I, I would, even though I've decided to get into this fight, I'm probably going to try to like work the fight into a ridiculous position so quickly that we just are like, we back down, you know, like <laughs> we roll around on the ground a little bit, try to get control throw a couple body punches or whatever. And then both guys get up and are tired and are like, all right, well, we, we at least demonstrated that we, uh, we were willing to take our convictions all the way out to the parking lot and to the ground. Right. It's like, like I said, I've never been, I've never been in a fight. And I, I wonder like, so if you're in that situation, you get the guy down the ground, let's say he's, you know, back on the side, you know, back to the sidewalk on the ground. Do you like, do you punch a guy knowing that if you connect, the back of his head's going to slam into the concrete and maybe, you know, like, do, does everyone get to a point in a fight where, like, how bad do I even want to win this? Like, does everyone just get into it hoping that it just ends? Or, you know, like, I'm sure there's some people who are like, what I want to do most in the world is beat the living shit out of this guy and I don't care what it takes and, you know, where that where it ends up. But it feels like most people would you know, 30 seconds into it to be like, man, it'd be, the world would be a lot more pleasant if this just wasn't happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I don't have that fantasy, you know, it's never something that I'm like, I know there are people who are like, man, if society didn't require it, it would be so fun to occasionally just beat the hell out of somebody. Right. I'm like, no, I don't have any interest whatsoever. <laughs> and and you know, again, it's just, I, I don't have like, I mean, I've had like every sports fantasy you can have, you know, is growing up and playing like all the sports and, and being around sports all the time. But I never was like, ah, you know what I would really like to be is a great uh, MMA or a fighter. It's just not not something that I'm genetically predisposed to or disposed dispositionally positioned to be interested in or whatever. You never thought like in the middle of a, you know, 30, 15, your serve, man, tennis would be better if it was a contact sport. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I mean, 
I don't know. Most, most of athletics are like now for me, it's like really about like, what is, what is the, the least unpleasant way to try to establish or maintain some level of fitness. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a Peloton for the, uh, for the quarantine. Yeah. You know, I mean, if anybody's like Peloton is so fun, it'd be like, no, no, I mean, not, but it's way, it's way more fun than the other less fun activities that I would have to do to try to maintain some level of fitness. Yeah. So that's why tennis is so great is like, you know, you, you have, you feel like this control about like golf is, is fun in that way too, but you don't get the fitness component as much, but you have, you know, you're, you're getting to control this thing and you feel like you're really, you know, you're combining like eye hand coordination and intelligent, you know, strategy or tactics along with, you know, fitness and everything. And you're like, boy, that can't, what, what could be much better than that? Plus like the fun thing about tennis is, um, you know, you, you know my thing about how why I like craps better than blackjack is because we're all playing on the same team. Right. And the most fun thing in tennis is when I, you, you know, even if you're in competition, like I probably love like a great point that I lost more than like a short point that I won. Yeah. It's just like when when both of you hit a bunch of great shots and you're like, I mean, that's just fun. You like look at the other person, you know, you're just like, nice, nice. I mean, we both hit a lot of good balls. We can both feel proud of ourselves. Yeah, my my exercise or um my my activity list is is chosen by how cleverly it disguises the fact that exercise is occurring. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, uh, was is that the that's the end of that one, right? That was it. Okay. All right, so uh, TJ, here's situation. Focusing on memory, and I don't know where this is going to go, and this could be just a bad idea generally, but uh, what I'm going to do is just do like some analysis randomly for me of memory to see how this kind of shakes out. Okay, buddy. Um, so I'm going to read you 10 names. I'm going to read them one time only. You can't write anything down. I'm okay. Just going to listen and then list them back for me as best you can, and I'm going to give you three different groups just to kind of see how memory works a little bit. All right. I, mean, I, I have something kind of, I was going to do something like this for you and I changed it and I have something coming up like this for you and I have to get that out of my head. And uh, all right, whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, here's group number one. I'm going to give you 10 names and then I'm going to ask you to say as many back to me as you can. Uh, I'm not going to give you a bunch of time to think about it. Okay. Michael. Daphne. Broderick. Terry, Chad, Melissa, Bronson, Dana, Wilma, and Nathan. Name as many of those 10 as you can. Damn it. Michael, Bradford, Daphne, Dawson, Chad, Wilma. Melissa, I don't know if I already said that. That's that. That would be all I have, or could make a decent uh, guess at. You said Bradford and, and Dawson, which were not names I gave you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got the first one, Michael. You got Wilma, maybe because it's a little bit of an odd one, or maybe because it was near the end. You got Melissa. Uh, who else? So it was you got Chad. And you said Bradford as well. So it was Michael, Daphne, Broderick, Terry, Chad, Melissa, Bronson, Dana, Wilma, and Nathan. Why do you think that you got the ones you got? What does it have to do with? Well, this? I, I was I was kind of doing them as you were saying them. I was trying to do them in my head of like, okay, you said Michael. I said Michael in my head. You said Michael, you know, whatever the second one was. I said that in my head. And, and I had it up until four. I know four or five. And then when I, so I was like recounting them in my head, as soon as it got to like six and seven, I, it just, like I could feel it just entirely Jenga on me. Everything fell apart. And so what I ended up doing was basically they, they fell into pieces like, like fridge magnets. And I had the bra, the BR from Broderick and, and I think I connected connected that to like chats, so and then I had Brad, and and then I, but I remembered it was longer, so it was like Bradford, you know. Like I, I think a couple of my wrong guesses are probably bits and pieces of 
other names that were in there just disassembled and and smashed back together. Um, and I intentionally put in like two BRs, Broderick and Bronson, two DAs, Daphne and Dana, two that ended in kind of an E sound, Daphne and Terry, to see whether those would have an impact and you would get both or whatever. None of those seem to have a major impact. So uh, I'm going to try group two now. Okay, buddy. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Abe, Brad, Charlotte, Dashiell, Everly, Fred, Gary, Harper, Ike, and Josh. Damn it. Abe, Charlotte, Dashiell, Everly, uh, Ike, Josh, Frank. Mm, I don't know. Okay. So Gregory. Gregory. For sure. You should get Abe and Brad. Uh, what's that? I, I couldn't hear you at the very beginning. I, the first thing I heard you say was Charlotte. I, I said Abe. I didn't say Brad because I thought I was just remembering that from the from the thing I did wrong. Um, so I didn't say that. I said Charlotte. I think Dashiell, Everly. I think I said Frank. Um, I said it was Fred. Fred. I said Gregory, Harriet, Josh, and like Ike or something like yeah. that. It was Gary, Harper, Ike, and Josh. So obviously having it alphabetical helped you a yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they always say that like if you read and the words are just the correct first letter and last letter, you can almost get the gist of a paragraph, even if the middle letters are all in, in the wrong order again and again, because we really kind of see it that way. And so having the first letter help, but wasn't like, you know, kind of enough necessarily, but you did do did do better there did you i i think what what's happening is it it feels like there are two different streams and and one stream got kind of a little bit that time like okay i can take a little bit of energy out of this stream which is the memorization stream once you realized it was alphabetical but i'm getting caught halfway between listening and memorizing and and i and and it feels like one is fighting the other where I think if I just let myself maybe listen, perhaps the memory would would come would come along. But I'm but I'm I'm um it's 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 exerting effort in two different directions in my in my mind. Yeah, that may, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's very tough to, as you said, like also when I was until I was probably thirty, you could just give me a phone number and I would remember it. And now I'm like, uh oh. I got to check it multiple times. Like definitely the memory, the ability to quick memorize stuff gets harder uh, as you get older. Yeah. Um, All right. Last one. Okay. No more. David. Roger. Wade. Ted. Bill. Babe. Calvin. Bruce. And Manny. Babe, Calvin, Bruce, Manny, Ted, David, Nomar, Bill, Roger. Very good. You could probably guess the 10th one. Yeah, were they in position or? No, didn't do it by position. Wade? Did I say Wade? 10 for 10, my man. <laughs> How much of that would you ascribe to them being, you know, famous first names of or first names of famous Red Sox, and how much to just taking a different approach, having had two practices? Sixty percent, sixty percent the Red Sox, forty um, percent a new, a new approach. I just kind of like trusted that for whatever reason the first ones out of the box would stick, and so focused more on the on just getting the bottom of the list right. Um, but those, those, a lot of those names hold, you know, a lot of, a lot of mental space and importance for me. And, and, and Nomar, I could basically knew I could forget 
and yeah. and it would be there when I when I needed it. And Ted was was up to the top, and I, I think Ortiz was as well. Um, and then so the the ones near the the bottom, I could just like kind of let those go because I knew they'd be there to pick up when I went back for them. You think it would have been harder if I had started like Bill Calvin? David, so that you didn't know quite as early that it's Red Sox? I think so. Yep. Yeah. I, I liked your strategy, though, of like focus on the last four and just say them right away because we can certainly hold, or you can certainly hold the last four names. And so you were just like, bang, 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 you know, whatever it was, like Babe, Calvin, Bill, uh, Roger, whatever the whatever the four were. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was nice. That was nice. I'm glad I got a couple shots at that. That's, uh, it's uh, it's frustrating to feel the engine of your mind sputtering. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, right, we're just we're just glancing into memory. Right. Yeah. And and you may have a you may have a chance to feel that sputter here, perhaps. So here's the situation, Rush. I'm going to ask you some questions from grammar. Uh, I'm sorry, from uh, yeah, grammar school and high school that I'm pretty sure we definitely both knew at one point, and I don't think, well, don't know if we any longer have them in our in our memory. Oh yeah. So this was the premise of Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Basically. Yes, it is. Well, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Rush. Um, what is an intransitive verb? I'm sure we remembered verbs being transitive and intransitive. Um, and, and let me be clear, uh, all but I think one of these I had to look up and, and relearn myself. <laughs> okay, sorry, what was the question? Um, from the field of English, what is an intransitive verb? Or a transitive verb? <laughs> ah, I don't remember. I want to say that transitive, you, you put like two in front of them, and intransitives, it doesn't work that way. An <laughs> um, infinitive, you could definitely put two in front of. Um, that is an infinitive. Thank you. But yeah, I did not, I would not have known this. Uh, an intransitive verb does not need an object. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So it could just be like the sun shines as opposed to he threw a ball um, yep. through and. So, um, from chemistry, what is, oh, sorry. I'm going to get all these wrong, but it's going to be nice to remember. Uh, from chemistry, what is Avogadro's number? I think it's the number of like atoms in a mole, something like that. Uh, sorry. Do you actually remember the, how to calculate the number? Oh, uh, no, I I thought we had it like memorized 6.023. Some, I don't know, but I don't know how to. Buddy, 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, from social studies, uh, what were the 13 original colonies? Uh, Delaware, Massachusetts, um, Pennsylvania, New York, Georgia, South Carolina, Virginia, um, Connecticut, New Jersey, uh, what have I said? Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, New Jersey. You had not said North Carolina at that point. Um, so far you've said Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. There are three remaining and all the ones you've named so far are absolutely correct. Uh, Rhode Island. Yes. Um, I have this like memory that one of New Hampshire and Vermont is correct and the other isn't. Don't tell me if that's right or not. I don't know, but that I just have that memory. Uh, uh, it's not. Uh, so I'm going to say I, I have two more to guess. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm going to say New Hampshire and Maryland, but I don't feel great about either. That is absolutely correct. All 13. 13 of 13. That's pretty damn amazing, buddy. 
Yeah, I sat there. It took me about a minute and a half. That's all right. People needed time to play at home, man. Um, Yes, New Hampshire, not Vermont. And also at the time, I think Maine belonged to Massachusetts. Oh, man. Well, you shouldn't have given it up, man. I don't know why you did. (laughs) All right. From math, Rush, what is the commutative property? Oh, I was fairly confident I would get the math one, and I definitely (laughs) am not. So... There's like the additive property, the transitive property means, uh, you know, if, okay, commutative property. I want to say that like, this is wrong, but if, uh, that like addition and subtraction, if you do it either way, it, it ends up the same. Like seven plus six is the same as six plus seven. That's exactly right, buddy. A plus B equals B plus A. That's one. That's amazing, man. Great job. Um, from the uh, from natural science, Rush photosynthesis relies on what pigment? Ooh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, in my head, it's like there's something. There's some. It's like green. Yep. I feel like phylon, but that's doesn't feel quite right. But yeah, I don't know. Some some I don't know. Chlorophyll. Horrible. Okay, yeah. I wasn't going to get there, but but I should have, but I wasn't going to I remember that being a big word in like 7th or 8th grade, man. Like, we heard about chlorophyll all the time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, From biology, what are either of the two primary differences between mitosis and meiosis? Uh, So, maybe one of them is like when a cell splits into two versus um, versus when... uh, what is it like a cell duplicates and it, it's the, the I, I can't even think of the right word, but like the nucleus, but it's like the zygote or whatever it is. Uh, it's like, it, like in one of them, I think it splits and like the, the thing that's like the brain of it goes in, one of them ends up in both cells and then the other one, it breaks into one that it doesn't have that. Maybe I, that. I think you're right. Um, mitosis, one one difference is that mitosis is for body cells and, myo- and meiosis is sex cells. But the other difference is that I believe in mitosis, there's a single division where both um, both parts are identical and that meiosis divides twice into four into four parts that aren't necessarily identical. So you get that yeah. one. I wasn't quite right, but that, that, yeah. Okay. I was on the right track in world history rush. Who uh, fought in the Punic wars? Uh, I had zero clue when, where any, what any of this was about. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm going to say like, you know, Greece, Rome versus Carthage. I was going to say Rome versus Carthage, TJ. I swear to God, I was going to say Rome versus Carthage. And I backed away. I upset it with myself because I have a board game called Hannibal. Rome. Oh, oh, really? It's about those wars. And I, I, I panicked. And I went, I went to Greece. I don't even know why. Last one, man. From Geography, uh, the aforementioned. What's the capital of Maine? Oh, uh... Augusta, Maine. Yes, it is. Very nice job. That's all of them. That was pathetically slow, but uh, I've become, I think we've talked about this, I've become a big fan of Portland, Maine. Yes. The same way a lot of people put like Austin, Texas is one of their five favorite U.S. cities. I'm like, I'm not totally sure Portland, Maine is not one of my five favorites right now. And so it took me a while to get past Portland, Maine, even though I knew damn damn well it wasn't the capital. (laughs) Yeah, Portland, Portland's not a capital of, of anything. No, you get Salem, right? Yeah. Uh, nice job. Nice job. I would have done much worse on that than you. Are we back to the top? I think so, pal. All right. So I really like this one. I, <laughs> I enjoy giving you the, the opportunity. Uh, you, you may like it or may not like it. but uh, So you can go as long or short as you want on these. But what, all, what I want is I'm going to put you in different scenarios where you are in a spot where you could somewhat intimidate your audience a little bit. This came from Glance, uh, and it was, hey, look to your left, you know, yes, you're okay. One of those two people will be gone before the end of the year. I always, that always cracked me up. That, uh, there's a great Mr. Show, uh, sketch that, that, that goes over the top on that. 
But so I'm just going to give you three different scenarios, uh, and I want you to give me like the the intimidating uh, opening speech that this person gives uh, to to this group of people. Make sense? Yes. All right. So I want to start with you are uh, you're you're the teacher at a flight school that's for the best of the best. Okay. So everybody's gathered. Give me the opening, you know, intimidating speech. I will. I will tell you this: be, before day one, I have them set fire to a, a large swath of uh, of the grass um, <laughs> to the side of one of the runways. Okay. So that th- that all new students have to like walk by where this like <laughs> this burnt out <laughs> this burnt out area was. Okay. Um. So, um, so if, if the, the room has a window, I, I, I look out the window where that burnt spot is until I stop hearing any kind of movement or people shuffling in behind me. All right. Uh, and then I, once that silence starts, I let it, I let it linger for a while before I, before I turn around and then I say something to the effect of it's, uh, human to make mistakes. We're not human. We don't make mistakes. And if any one of you thinks you are capable of making a mistake, I'm glad your seat hasn't warmed to your ass temperature yet because you should walk right back out that goddamn door. (laughs) We are more than human, less than human, or different than human, but we aren't human that's what i say i love it i love it i do think i do think you should say our, our mistakes end up exploding into that crash or whatever you know, we got to just demonstrate that 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 is that was a crash landing and make mistakes perfect all right great so tj this time you are uh you're the intimidating person who's like uh, overseeing a cattle call audition for would-be dancers in a huge Broadway revi- revival. There's over, there's hundreds of people. They're in this huge auditorium. They're going to get called up like 15 or 20 at a time to put their their best foot forward. These are going to be like the backup dancers in 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 possibly like a career-changing opportunity. And you're the person at the very top of this audition to let them know what it's what it's all about. Okay, uh, let's try this. Uh... All right, everybody, can I have your attention? Can I have your attention? Here's the good news. I'm the only one who gives a shit, all right? I'm the only one. The rest of you are going to be so goddamn far away from even the people in the front row, no one's going to be able to see your faces. But they are going to see your legs, and about that I do care, because my name's on the goddamn poster. So get your shit together, get in order, because I'm the only one who gives a flying fuck about any one of y'all. <laughs> Great. All right. All right. And then uh, final one here, TJ, is an overly competitive uncle okay. who is taking over his brother's kid's little league baseball team that has started 0-2. Okay. And he is there to change the culture, and this is his first... Uh, his his first address to the team. All right. How how old how old are they? These kids are let's call them nine. Okay. So they're it's it's let's make it coach pitch. It's coach pitch little league baseball. Okay. Um, first thing I'm gonna do is d- dump out all their water. <laughs> just take the big thing of water and just empty it. <laughs> Feel. You guys feel free to drink any of that off the off the ground there. Um, when I was nine years old, you you know what I you know you know what you know where I was. I was in an iron lung. I was uh, I had come back from my job, cleaning out cleaning out chimneys and fireplaces and stuff, and I had soot filled soot filled lungs, and so I had to be placed in a metal a metal tube that allowed me to breathe. I would have, I would have clawed, I would have clawed through being buried alive to have the chance to step on this field under sunshine with my friends to play the game of baseball. 
50,000, maybe more. Let's say a million men have lived and died playing this game so that you could stand here today. And if I see maximum effort and a W at the end of this, all of you get ice creams. <laughs> big, big, big ice creams. If, it, if I see a, 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 an L, we, we, come up, we come up on the losing end of this, every one of you buys me an ice cream today. <laughs> Big, big ice creams. <laughs> Man, I thought if I started talking, I, I'd be able to. I'd be able to find something. It just, it just wasn't there, you know. <laughs> so I decided to threaten him in the pocketbook. That guy is all over the place. <laughs> I really, I thought if I started, I'd be able to to bend it around, and I, I just broke it off. I couldn't find it. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> Try. <laughs> he went through like four stages of bargaining. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't there. Yeah, I loved it. it yeah, I started walking in that direction and realized I was like I was out at the end of a plank. I I, I didn't know where I didn't know where. Oh, to... At the end of the day, he just he's <laughs> like, look, worst case, worst case is I get like enough ice cream from my family for months. <laughs> Well, I figure if you threaten these kids to, you know, for like a three dollar tab, they're just they, they don't know where they don't know where that money's coming from. That they, you know, maybe they, you know, yeah. I, I I went out there and and it was I was all all alone. I was alone and lost. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll give you another one if you want, but uh, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Those were, those were those were great, and then that last one just I I mean that nearly brought me to tears. Uh. <laughs> the whole iron lung thing is a non sequitur. I realized I only had I only have two bullets in that gun. By the time I got to the third, the third scenario, I was I was out. There's no way I'm taking a fourth. I'm already already yeah. was running on fumes at the end of that one. It's tough. It's a little like the spy waiter where you're just like each one you get through, you're just like, oh, thank God, <laughs> thank God, you haven't detected me yet. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I think that's it, except for our, except for our thanks. Let's, uh, let's remember to thank uh, Nate DeFort for producing, Julie Nichols for the music, Emily Cardamus for the artwork. If you want to get in touch with Rush and I, we're at Here's the Situation Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we hope, uh, yeah, by the time you, you hear this one, I'm, I'm guessing most of our states will still be in lockdown, so we hope you're, you're safe and, and sound. And uh, do you want to say goodbye to everybody, Rush? Yeah, yeah, hopefully we provide a decent distraction from the uh, troubles of everyday life right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll hear this in however long. Hopefully uh, stay insane and safe. And uh, thanks, everybody, uh, very much for, for listening. I want to uh, especially, uh, you know, send uh, positive vibes out to a couple of uh, folks I know that have uh, either themselves or had family members who have uh, been infected and uh great great friend of mine who's a, a great listener to this podcast and probably texts me almost every week about it dave phillips he and his family have uh, been going through that i think they're they're turning the corner and going to be uh, i'm sure they're all going to be okay but uh thinking of them and uh and, and other folks who uh who are going through uh you know the toughest parts of this right now uh all my friends in new york you know hopefully by this time uh, that's no longer the epicenter of this but uh, it's rough, and uh, we're happy to, uh, you know, try to uh, give people some levity to, to break up their day with a little bit. Um, so, uh, best of luck to everybody, uh, and, and thanks very much for listening. We, we certainly appreciate it. Hey, Rush, if I were to say to you, you at a specific age, what age do you think? 31. Hey, it didn't take all that long. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>